Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits. I want to talk about, first of all, the healthcare system in this country, the HSC. And the reason I'm going to talk about it is, let me just give you personal experience. All last week, I had a particularly bad pain in my side. And I, you know when you start going on Dr. Google and all that kind of stuff, it got worse as the week went on. Uh, you know, the girls here were concerned about me, Ashton was concerned about me, and Helena, even Tara suggested to me that I should go and see somebody. But typical man, of course, I wouldn't. You know, I'm, I'm not going to the doctor, I'm grand, I'll be fine. I literally couldn't walk at one stage, but I felt the pain was internal. I didn't think it was muscular. I'm used to muscular side and back aches. So I didn't go in the end. Friday came. I my usual jaunt up to Belfast on a Friday. My partner lives in the north, so I go up to the, uh, Belfast on the weekends. And uh, my partner wasn't having any of it. Now, I could tell you I was beside myself with worry. I was anxious. I was worried, thinking worst case scenario. By the way, little reminder, don't go on to Google. Because in Google, you're going to die. There is no doubt about it. No matter what sort of pain you have, you're going to die. It's cancer. That's it. It's just cancer. That's the first thing that'll come up in Google. So please don't go to Google. I did. And it puts the heart out of your soul. But anyway, so I went up anyway. Uh, my partner insisted on Saturday she was bringing me up to the Ulster Hospital. So I went up to the Ulster Hospital at A&E uh, because I felt particularly bad. I was really anxious about it. Now, what I couldn't understand is the Ulster Hospital, uh, it's a big hospital. It's the main hospital there in Belfast. And I went in and there was probably about 150 people in A&E. It was busy. Really busy. It's a Saturday afternoon. It's very busy. Um, within 15 minutes, I was called into triage. And there's about, I think, four or five triage doors. Um, I'd say 15 minutes. So she examined me, obviously said, listen, your oxygen level, your blood is grand. You're fine. Da, 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 da. Um, told me blood pressure, all that kind of stuff. And she said, doctor, be with you in a few minutes. 15 minutes later, doctor came out, called my name, brought out the back, examined me, had a kind of feel around, poke around. This hurt you, this hurt you. She took a blood test there and then. The same doctor actually took the bloods, gave me a little cup, very embarrassing, and says, pee into that, please. So off I went, did my little <laughs> into the little thing. She took the blood test and she said, uh, here's a piece of paper. And she gave me this piece of paper to go off and get an x-ray. So I went, she said, follow that line there, bring it down to orthopedics, get an x-ray. Went down and got the x-ray. I'll be with you in a few minutes. That takes about a half an hour she said, for the blood test to come back. I'd say about 20 minutes later, she came walking back out again and she said, call me back in and she said, look, you're very healthy liver. Your lungs are fine. Blood tests come back normal. Urine come back normal. You're perfectly fine. It's probably just muscular. Off you go. I felt so much better. But the whole experience from start to finish, and they complain about it up there, took approximately an hour and a half. I'd say about an hour and a half. And the moment I walked in to the moment I walked out happy, an hour and a half, 150 people in there. Why can't we do that? Why can't we get it right? There's only a population of 1.7 million in Northern Ireland. We have a population of 5 million and 10 times as many hospitals. Why can't we do that? We have the staff. We just don't have the administration to do it. But why can't we do it? The same thing happened I had an experience in Spain going back a few years ago where I ended up in a hospital with somebody else. We were in and out in 45 minutes. Why can't we do it? It's not money. We spend nearly 16 billion, actually more this year because we threw another billion into it. And our hospitals in this country, the healthcare system, and we still can't get it right. We still have people, 80-year-olds, literally dying on trolleys in A&E in this country. People waiting 24 hours just to see a doctor in A&E. Why can't we do that? The NHS is not a perfect system, but by God, it was so much, I had so much more confidence in the healthcare system when I was up there. And I know you're all probably saying, why don't you bleed and move up there, you clown? 
We should be able to do it down here. There is no reason why we can't have a system as good as that in this country. We were texting again um, in relation to Hi Niall. Um, I was attacked by a bull about two years ago and went to Limerick and was taken into tryouts within 10 minutes. Okay, I'm going to come to him in a second, I think, after the break. Uh, you can keep texting, and the number is 087188008. That's 087188008. Um, I'm going to move on. A lot of people are texting about A&E, and just to remind you again of my personal experience, um, I had a really bad pain in my side, didn't think it was muscular, I genuinely felt like it was something internal. And it was really bad now at one stage during the week. Um, it was kind of like, a, almost like a cramp or a stitch in your side or whatever. Um, muscular to some degree, but I kind of felt I needed to do something and my partner convinced me to go to the Ulster Hospital while I was up in Belfast. And uh, somebody's texting and says, now, can you do that? Of course you can. Yeah, well, once you're European. They're still not going out of Europe yet. Um, <laughs> well, you can go to the Ulster Hospital, you can. I was in and out. Um, X-rayed, blood test, urine, um, fully examined by a doctor and triage beforehand. Uh, everything done, everything an- analysed by a doctor, I suppose. Like my x-rays would have had to be looked at by somebody who knows what they're doing. Um, all within the space of about an hour and a half. And the place was full. There was about 150 people in the waiting room. And I'm going, how can they do it? And we can't. I mean, it's a 1.7 million population up there. We have 5 million here, but we've probably five times as many hospitals. And we still can't do it. Why can't we do it? It's not money. We have the staff as well. I genuinely believe we have the staff. Um, I think it's really badly run. I think the whole thing from the ground up is badly run. Not from the way the point of view of the nurses doing their job. And people are in wards. I, you couldn't fault them and how they do their jobs. But that's their job, mind you, to, to be good at their job. A&E is the problem. A&E is the biggest problem. We just can't seem to get it right. We have people 70 and 80, year old, 80 years of age sitting in chairs and gurneys and trolleys and whatever else for like 24 hours in A&E. Why is that happening? We have people sitting for 9 or 10 hours who could be in a serious condition, not even being seen by a doctor. Triage as far as they get and they're sent back out to the waiting room to wait. If you're lucky in some of the busy hospitals, particularly in the main cities in Dublin, Limerick and Cork, and Galway passes who wouldn't be quite as busy, but certainly if you're in Dublin and Cork, you're going to get eight hours, if you're lucky. I mean, it's it's an excursion. If you want to go to, you know, Beaumont Hospital A&E, you need to bring a packed lunch with you. It's an excursion. You know you're going to be there for the day. You will be lucky if you get out of there in six hours. That's ridiculous. This is a first world country. I mean, we've other countries like Spain who do things badly most of the time. Um, and they're, yeah, I, was, I witnessed that as well. Their A&E department, you're in and out in an hour and a half. It's just so efficiently run. How can they do it? And we can't. Somebody says that there are people dying, moron. Change the record. Yeah, we're talking about people dying. Sadly, people die because they can't get to see a doctor, you moron. But getting back to A&E. Uh, Stephen, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Stephen? I'm not too bad now. Good. Stephen, you know, how can I go to the Ulster Hospital and be seen in an hour and a half in a busy, and I'm talking about it was packed, because I walked in, and you know when you walk into A&E in Ireland, you kind of go, oh, Jesus. So I walked in, and there was about 150 people there, and I went, oh, Jesus. I was out in an hour and a half. All done. How is that possible? <laughs> Beat me. Beat me. It's, it's like my local hospital, like that is Limerick. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's absolutely brutal inside there. Bedlam. Um, yeah, Bedlam. Like, 
like two two years ago, I got attacked by a bull here at work. How did you, you get attacked by a bull? We were getting him out of a field right. to load him into a lorry. And he was with heifers. He was with a bunch of heifers. Right. And I had to get him into a compound and then move him from that compound with the heifers into another compound. And as I was going through them to go around the back to get behind them, he spotted me. He charged, blew me through two gates, pushed me out into a field, got me down the ground, gored me on the ground. I got up. I tried running. He hit me again, blew me in over a ditch into into briars and stuff like that. Oh God! And I got I got away that way. Did you get your skin? Was your skin punctured by his horns? He that was the lucky thing. He had no horns. All oh, right, okay, okay. I was very very lucky that way. If right, he had okay. Horns, yeah. I, I wouldn't be talking to you either. Yeah, you would be like a scene from uh, a bull ring. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was I was on my own, but I had my phone, so I rang one of the. Here. Okay, well, you were in bad shape. You didn't know what was wrong with you. The internal oh, injuries or whatever, yeah. I hadn't a clue whether I had something broke, whether I was bleeding inside, nothing. I I was bent over in two. I was in total agony. I was dizzy. I was everything. Mm. Right, okay. So, so, so off you went to Limerick A&E. Yeah, the, we didn't call an ambulance. They just put me into a jeep and they took me straight in. Absolutely, the right thing to do, yeah. Yeah, because like waiting for an ambulance. So it took me in. Cut in there for about, I'd say it was about 7 o'clock in the evening. Sat down, uh, waited for my name, called me, brought me into triage, did the, the whole lot, and said, Grand, and sent me out into the next part of yeah. triage, or from triage into the waiting room. Yeah. And I hobbled out, looked looked around, and I said it was about 20, 30 people waiting. Okay. Me, and I said, right, lovely. Sat down. And 13 hours later, 8 o'clock in the morning. Oh, my. Stopped doctor called my name. And by the way, was this midweek or weekend? Midweek. Not that it should make a difference, by the way, because I went yeah. on a Saturday, so it made no difference. But yeah. I, I, from what I can see from Irish hospitals, if it happens at the weekend, you make forget about it, because mm. there's no doctors at all. Definitely. But, like, this was, as I say, 13 So 8 o'clock, then, 8, 8 o'clock the next morning, you, you, you eventually, a doctor came to see you. Yeah, doctor called me in. I got up, walked, well, hobbled, nearly crawled he watched me as I was going in brought me into an examination room and said right he said I can see by the way you're walking he says there's nothing broke I was there on my own mind going have you an x-ray machine I was just going to say that as he wearing x-ray goggles that's 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 a a stupid statement to make because adrenaline I've heard of people walking with broken legs because adrenaline you know Yeah. yeah So, like, he brought me in, he put me up on the table, and he examined me, he pulled my arms every different direction, my legs, bent them back every different direction. He said, all you have, he said, is um, very bad bruising and muscle damage. And wrote up prescription. For painkillers. For painkillers, and sent me home. That was it. And and were you, gra- you were all right afterwards, I assume? I was all right, yeah. Okay, but you, but you could have ended up, you could have had an internal injury or whatever. Yeah, I could, like... Later on that that day, like if I went home, I could have, I could have had anything kind of bust inside, or if I had a rib, well, I suppose you'd know if you had a rib bust. But you know, you know what was interesting about my visit in in the Ulster Hospital was they listen. I felt they listened to me, right? Because I was yeah. really anxious and I was very worried. I knew I had a funny feeling that it wasn't muscular. You know when you know something yourself. Yeah. And I said it feels like it's inside. So yeah. she took that on board. She did the blood test, did the X rays. 
uh, you know, and did, you know, the kind of test your pee and all that kind of stuff, right? Whereas here, you know, they probably just go, I ah, know, it's just muscular, you'll be grand seeing now, as he just did with you. They didn't even bother checking. No, they're, they're like, the least, the, the least I thought I'd get done was I'd be sent out for extras. Yeah, no, like, didn't happen. Or, or an ultrasound, even, because I've, I've had an ultrasound for, um, I have another story, actually, like, um, in 2015, same hospital, I was diagnosed with gallstones. So they said to me that you probably have to have an operation. And obviously, if I was diagnosed because I had pain, I had pain for a few years beforehand. So I had it before 2015. And they said to put me down for an operation. No operation coming, no operation coming, still nothing. Went down to my local doctor and I said, I think that the pain was getting worse. I was having sleepless nights, at least three sleepless nights every week mm. for four years. Every week. From the pain? From pain. That's so awful. I eventually went down to the doctor and I said, look, I said, the pain is getting worse. And he said, right. He said, I might send you to um, another hospital down the road, smaller hospital down yeah. in Mallow. And I said, yeah. I said, get me out of Limerick. I said, get me away from there. Send me down to Mallow. Sent him off a letter and within a week of sending the letter, I had an appointment to go down for a checkup. And on that day, the doctor, surgeon himself, examined me checked me out and he said yeah he got my ultrasound um, thing sent up from my doctor looked at him and said yeah you've got signs you need to get your gallbladder taken out he says I'll have to put you in for an operation so I was there yeah no problem surely be a month or two before I'd be booked in for it I said at least I'm getting a bit of progress flicked over his book looked at his diary and he said right he says I have a cancellation next Wednesday morning this was on a Thursday yeah he says I have a cancellation next Wednesday morning he said how are you fixed and of course, straight away I said, "Yeah, yeah that'll do you me." Don't, you don't, you don't, you don't say no when yeah. you get an operation. Go for it. So within two weeks of going to my doctor, I had my operation and my gallbladder taken out. All right, okay. Well, that's a, that's a better story, certainly than the first one you told. But let me get back to A and E if we possibly can. That's a shocking story. with Stephen, that you spent thirteen hours in A and E just to be told there was nothing wrong with you. In a sense, but in a sense that you, you feel it, but we didn't even check. Um, Column, you're on classic kids. How are you doing, Column? Oh, yeah, how are you keeping? Uh, Colm, how can we get it so wrong and they get it... So, well, um, by the way, people complain in the UK about the NHS and say it's not perfect either, but how can we get it so wrong? Well, I think it's down to uh, managerial points, to be honest with you. Um, I've had dealings with Austin for the last six years, um, quite intensively. And from different specialists that I've had to go and see, uh, I can honestly say it's at their point that the problems arise because... They have the final word on everything, um, and it all goes through them. Yeah, but when somebody goes in, you know, after getting, I don't know, you know, I don't know, falls or gets hit with a hurl or you know, or injury sure. in a rugby pitch or whatever it is, and they go yeah. into A and E and they believe there's something wrong with them, how come yeah. it takes thirteen or fourteen hours before they see the door again? Thirteen or fourteen hours. Well, they're the lucky few because I tell you, I've been in there a hell of a lot longer than that over the course of the time. That's ridiculous. Um, yeah, it's, uh, tell me about it. It's crazy. Uh, you're saying bringing in packed lunches, so I'd be nearly bringing in sleeping equipment. I shouldn't laugh, but that's the truth, well, it, isn't it? I, 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 mean, I mean, if you go to Bowmount, I think Bowmount is probably one uh, of the worst. Yeah, tell me about it. Um, yeah. I don't actually go to A&E anymore. Now, I've I've gone through two cancers and, and fighting Lyme disease, and I won't go there anymore. Because, it's a huge, uh, by the way, huge increase in the amount of people with Lyme disease. Huge. Yeah, I was reading about yeah. it the other day. Absolutely, and it needs to be out there, and people need to know exactly about it, but... Even talking about Lyme disease, they haven't a clue in the hospitals and they haven't a clue at the GP level. My GP didn't diagnose it properly and it was another GP I went to two, lead, 
two years later mm-hmm. to diagnose it. Um, and it's just, it's ridiculous. Well, and I tell you one thing, I take another cancer over this Lyme disease any day. Yeah, I, I, I know. I, I've heard some of the symptoms yeah. and you know, the lethargy, yeah. I'm feeling so lethargic and tired all the time and all that kind of stuff. It could well, be I'm, six years, I'm six years out of work and I'm still trying to get specialists and doctors to cure me and get me back out there because they're wasting money on me and I don't want to waste it. I want yeah. to get back to normal. Do you know okay. what I mean? Okay, well, get, get, I want to just yeah. get back very quickly to A&E. So where do you sure. think, from the moment you walk in the door or I walk in yeah. the door or anybody who has an accident walks yeah. in the door or is in, in, in pain, where are they going wrong? They don't talk to each other. Um, as in, different departments don't seem to talk to each other. If you're going in, they, oh, right, you, you'll always get your triage fairly quickly. Yeah. Okay, but at that point... The triage nurse, very important job to do, absolutely. And it, it's a she, yes, she, she, it's a priority she, thing, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. But after that, it just it just goes to hell. Um, like, you're waiting on a doctor to see you. If that doctor, doctor comes in and orders bloods, which he normally will, if there's any chance of a break, they'll order x-rays. But here's the whatever, thing. Whatever needs to be yeah, done. Yeah, why does the doctor have to order bloods? Here's the thing, right? When I went in to the Ulster, the doctor know. took the bloods, there and then. That's the way it should be. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You're, there's no reason why your triage nurse can't do blood for you there and then. And the blood results were back in a half an hour. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, that's 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 phenomenal. That's phenomenal. It, no, it was. I was. I, know, I got because I, I, was, I was prepared for the day to be gone. Yeah, absolutely. Well, no one should be prepared, but everyone is in this country. That's why I won't go to A and E. I'd prefer to be on my deathbed now. To, some of the instances I've had. And, and by the way, this is no reflection, by the way, on the, on the nurses themselves, you know, because once you get into a ward or you get into a hospital or you are, you know, hospitalised, they do look after people very well. They're very passionate about their job. So this is an administration problem, isn't it? No, it, yeah, it goes up to the doctor level because any, I've seen enough of them, um, doctors and specialists, uh, to see just the arrogance they have to their own positions and their own call on everything. Like, I've gone into registrars for follow-up appointments and obviously you won't see your specialist yourself all the time. But you go into a registrar and you say, look, this has happened since. This is um, uh, and something else that's happened in my KC um, that has a, a huge effect on being brought to my GP or my physios or wherever is relevant. But when you bring it to the registrar, they make the decision there and then, oh, no, just continue with what the specialist said. Even though you're bringing new information to them, where that should be looked upon and say, well, hold on, this is something else or something that could have a pivotal... Well, I, well, as I said, I said already, the one thing I noticed was, and, and she was a lovely doctor, a young girl, I'd say she was probably 30-ish, and, well, young to me, I suppose, she listened to me, um, and didn't, she didn't decide, using her own experience, which is probably what she probably thought from the word go, I'd be grand, he'd be grand, but she listened to me. Uh, and I told her I, I believed it was something internal. You know, maybe I shouldn't have been doctor Googling it. Uh, but anyway, she listened to me, took the blood test, and everything else to make sure that I was happy before I left the hospital. Sorry, thanks for that, column. Ray, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Ray? Not bad, not yourself. Good. Ray, how are we getting it wrong? Why are we getting it so wrong? And how bad is it? Well, uh, my story was probably about a year and a half ago. Um, it was actually throughout the time we had the snow. on yeah. the bad snow. Oh, I remember well, yeah. I was out helping a few people, and about, about two days later... Um, Woke up one morning and just I, in my on my left side of my in, in my chest I couldn't breathe. So went out to the doctor and uh, the doctor, you know, had a look and he said, "Please, he said, there's only I can do for you." He said, "I have to give you a letter to go to the CUH in Cork." So this now is at about oh, about half nine. Got there anyway, uh, registered with the the desk and um, 
surprise nurse brought me in and I, and I said to him, this is what the story was, check my chest. And um, told me, right, go back outside. Six o'clock the following, that evening, mm. I slept and called in. Oh, my. Now, the, um, the NE, I said it was probably about 40 or 50 people in the NE. Yeah. And, uh, like, even at that, like, they were still really, really slow in there. Um, and it was only at about 7 o'clock that evening, I went into the nurse and I said, like, I have to go home. I'm in serious pain. You know, I haven't been called in. And she said to me, she said, if you can hold on a while. And uh, I, I, I asked her, I said, how long, how long is a while? And she was like, well, probably another two or three hours. I said, sorry, oh, I can't. I have to go home. So the following morning, I went back down to the doctor. And I said to him, this is what happened. He rang the specialist up there. And uh, the specialist come up now, he said, and we can have a look. And I said to my doctor, I said, if I can walk in there and spend an hour in there and out, I go up, and the specialist said I can't. Well, I'm not spending another eight or nine hours in there again, yeah, yeah. Exactly, you know. So, in the end, anyway, the doctor said to me, he gave me an antibiotic, and he said, if it isn't gone away in a week's time, we're going to have to do a lumbar puncture on you to get it out of your lung, like, you know. So, yeah. he said to me, do your best, do your best to try and get it out of your lung. And I went back a week later, and he said to me, it's, it's better, but it's still not great. And by then, I had to go back to work, because... You know, yes, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I know that feeling. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, that, uh, that, that's, that's. I mean, it's shocking that when you're in pain, you know, and, and you're feeling bad enough as it is, you know, I mean, you're obviously feeling, you know, very anxious about what might be wrong with you, that you have to waste that long. It's just, I don't get it. That's exactly it. And even, I think it was, a, it was the last year we went to Fort Ventura on holidays. And uh, same as well, um, I got a bit of sunstroke. Right. Went into the hospital. I'd say about about three hours later, I was out. And that was even probably bad, to be honest with you. All right, listen, thanks for that. Uh, yeah, it seems we're getting it very wrong. Some of the WhatsApp messages, by the way, coming in as well. Hi, Niall. I was in a car accident about a year and a half ago and uh, was in very, very much pain over the weekend and pain was too much, so I didn't bother going to tell a hospital or the like. I just got a private clinic made an appointment doctor saw me at two o'clock 75 quid in and out got me medication all sorted that's the way it is certainly uh, all right keep texting keep whatsapping uh, the number is 087-188-0008 that's 087-188-0008 so he says no it's not all that bad uh, i recently went to a and e in tala and i have to say uh, i got in and out fairly quick well fair play to you and i'm sure there are stories like that uh, but i think to be honest with you if you're in a major Dublin hospital, be it Matt or Tala or Beaumont, for that matter, or Blanchestown, I think you're probably the exception to the rule if you get in and in and out in a couple of hours. Uh, most people, are, I'm looking at times here. People send me in times at 87 The average time seems to range. Well, according to this, the government won't agree with you. Uh, anywhere between 8 and 16 hours which is absolutely crazy. All right, so with the text coming in, the problem is unions. Niall, my friend, unions. A friend of mine here in Cork had to wait hours to be moved uh, from a ward to the CT scan department because she could only move by a porter. Striking up a conversation with him, she discovered uh, he had come from the CUH to the South Infirmary, specifically to move her, and uh, was moving on to the Mercy when he was finished with her. Yeah, a lot of it is unions. Yeah, you're not allowed to do that job. That's my job. There'll be a strike. Um, yep. Okay, keep texting. Keep WhatsApping. The number is 87 Somebody says, Niall, have you ever seen a TD sitting in A&E for 16 hours? Well, 
That's not going to happen, sure it's not. No, sure the A&E would move to their house for them. Hi, Nal, did you notice that the out-of-hours GP service also rarely, if ever, makes house calls? Uh, the very reason they were set up in the first place was so people, uh, just, con- uh, so people just continue to use A&E as their first port of calls, as Anthony and Cork. Anthony, you're 100% right. And apart from anything else, to be honest with you, I don't know if I trust all the out-of-hours services, to be honest with you. Uh, no, it's laziness and there is no sense of urgency or efficiency when it comes to staff doing their job, says Dermot. Dermot, I, um, I don't know whether it's the staff are lazy. Uh, I think there is some lazy staff, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, but I do believe that maybe the head and the tail are not communicating, let's just say. Hi guys, was in Russia a couple of years back, broke my toe. It took about 30 minutes to get sorted and it was the 1st of January. In Ireland, my wife was waiting to see a doctor for the last two years. Last week, I got a letter asking if she still needed it. Okay, keep texting, keep WhatsApping. There was 087188008. What has been the wait time for you when you went to A&E? As I was trying to explain at the start of the show, uh, unfortunately, I ended up going to A&E in um, Belfast, Northern Ireland over the weekend and I was in and out in about an hour and a half, a little bit over an hour and a half. Done, dusted, x-rayed, P-tested, blood tested, sorted. Doctor, whole lot. Now, the English complain, and the British, should I say, complain about the NHS, Northern Ireland. I'd be politically correct here. The Northern Irish people. So you will. They complain about the NHS all the time. Jeepers, they don't know how lucky they are. Ian, you're on Classic Kids. How you doing, Ian? Hi, I'm doing well. Good. Ian, how come we can we get it so wrong? I've got no idea. I really haven't. I mean... I've lived over here now for seven years. Um, my one A&E experience uh, snapped my rotator cuff and tore my bicep. Spent seven, nearly eight hours sitting in hospital in Dundalk in uh, A&E, only to be told that I've just pulled a muscle, maybe slightly torn it, to okay. take some painkillers and do these exercises. Off you go. Yeah, that was it. And by the way, that was our ladies, was it our ladies, our ladies hospital you went to? No, it was the one in Dundalk. Oh, the one in Dundalk, sorry, sorry. Yes, yeah. Because I know a lot of people in Dundalk would go down to our ladies and draw sometimes. Okay, so, uh, and to be honest with you, that wouldn't have been the busier hospital. To be no, it was, I mean, there wasn't a great deal of people in there, must have been ten people. Ten um, people? The, yeah, there was one doctor on, um, one guy doing the x-rays. Now, the doctors see me relatively quickly, but the waiting was for the x-ray, Um Right. That's what seemed to take in the time I was there, absolutely out. Now, Ian, what part of the UK do you hail from? Um, just outside London, sorry. Okay, so you've been to A&E over there, I assume? Yeah, I've been over there many a time. Um, it's just, everything just seems that bit more efficient, a bit quicker, you know. I mean, I don't know whether it's just because they are understaffed sometimes, but it's, it just seems to flow better. Yeah, so you'd have more people, but yet you'd be in and out in a shorter amount of time. Yeah, and and, yeah. and I think more thorough as well yeah. in the way yeah. they would examine you. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the examination I got was, I mean, I got the, my symptoms. If you had Googled it, you'd have probably known what was the matter with me. Yeah. But for the doctor just to turn around and say, no, that's just torn muscle and send me off. Yeah. All right, okay. That seems to be the problem with most people. That's what I said I noticed over the weekend that I noticed they actually listened to me and they did a, quite a thorough examination before sending me off because if they, did, if they didn't give a thorough examination and sent me off, I'd probably come back the next day thinking there was still yeah. something wrong with me. So I, I, would, I would just take up more time. Yeah, it's a good point. Uh, let me go to Pat. Pat, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Pat? How are you, now? Good. Pat, what's the problem? Yeah, I think one of the major problems now is uh, the amount of paperwork 
and administration that's involved now. It's it's all the red tape, more or less, the bureaucracy, mm-hmm. rather than just getting the job done. That's, yep. that's it. You get nurses there, and they can't just do what they want to do, what they're supposed to do. They have to go and, and see songs. Is this okay? Blah, blah, blah. Everything, at least paperwork has to be done, all filled out, and whatever. But, if, but, but, yeah, but, the, paper, yeah, but part, the paperwork is important. Do you know what I mean? Of course it is, but what, to what extent? I mean, no, the whole thing has gone ridiculous. I mean, it's like health and safety gone. It's just gone too far. You know, to the extent that it's all to do paperwork and the actual work is not being done. Well, see, what I noticed was, and, and the main thing that, that makes it made it more efficient, but firstly, there was four triage or four or five triage, right? Which got people in and out and priority done very quickly, right? But the doctor that saw me, uh, a female doctor, she was about 30 years of age, she did everything herself. She, yeah. didn't, but that's the she, didn't, she didn't look at me, go off and write, yeah. I need to get a blood test for you. I'll send somebody back to you in 20 minutes. And then you wait 20 minutes, half an airline on a gurney, and somebody comes back over 20 minutes later and says, yeah, I'm a nurse, I'm going to take your blood. Now, she just took the blood there then. Yeah. You well, know? as you said, you go to the A&E here now, and you've got to go, you hang on there, they get somebody, make sure, you know, you go down here, get the blood done, they need to go somewhere else, get something else done. And in the meantime, it's all paperwork has to be done as well, it has to be filled out for you. And she gave me, she <laughs> gave me the, the, the slip then to go and get my x-ray and sent me off on my way. She said, look, pee into that and leave it over there and then mm-hmm. go and get your x-ray over there, you know, in that, up that, that end of the building. And then I brought it all back to her. 15, 20 minutes later, she came, called me back in again and she gave me a lowdown on what it was and said, there you go, everything is grand, you're fine. Off you go, off you go. Yeah. So, do you know what it is? They're allowed to do that. It's, it's, they're allowed to, to nurses there, doctors are allowed to, to basically do the job they're supposed to be doing, whereas down here they're not. Yeah, John and West, allowed- well, I'm just looking, John and West Cork says, Niall, it's not fair to compare a sophisticated British state with the backward failed entity like ERA. ERA. Well, he has a point when it comes to health service, in fairness. Well, in all fairness, no, I'll tell you, one of the biggest problems with the health service in this country is for, for years, you know, all the, the, the governments in the past have been trying to downgrade the, the health service. They want to privatise it. And that's the biggest problem. Mm. Since the time of Mary Harney. She, I, see, I, I, that was it. I, I, I believed, I thought the universal social care, uh, you know, social charge would have been a good way to deal with it. But my problem no. is, is would the money be ring-fenced yeah. in the right direction? No, you look at what's going on now. You, you, you open sorrows, open sorrows, okay? You have a thing going on at the moment. He was the next minister of our health. And he's going on now and he's talking about a, 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 a hospital. You know, a, James Riley, yeah. You're prim- yeah, a primary care centre now in sorrows, okay? Mm-hmm. And it's been muted as, you know, it's for the people, blah, blah, blah. And, and that has nothing to do. That is a totally private entity. Mm-hmm. That's, his, that's totally private. This is where this is going. This is what they're trying to do. And I mean, I know you've got the Swift Clinic there and you've got the other one there in Santry as well that, that Irish Life uses as well. I can't remember the name of that one. That's a big one there too. There's a few of those kind of popping up all over the place, these healthcare centres. But again, if you go in there, and ironically enough, I do have health insurance. I had the kind of half flu type pneumonia symptoms there a while ago and I went in and they wanted to charge me €300 Euro to examine me. And this was with, this is with health insurance. I said, you're grand. Yeah. <laughs> I, go to, I go to a doctor. I had an accident there last year. I cut my arm right from doing a job in the house. And I sliced and I knew I needed stitches, you know. Just knew yeah. it. And it was, it, was, it was a Friday evening. It was about five o'clock, half five. Actually, no, it was about six-ish. And you know what? Which all I thought was, A&E, Jesus, here we go. Yeah, do I have 12 you know, hours of my life to spare? This is it, seriously. Yeah. Friday afternoon, I was lucky. I'm not going to say how I was lucky, right? But I did that one thing I did do, right? I tried to get the D-Doc. No, no appointment. I couldn't get an appointment. That's their pointless, the I, I find I them pointless. I went to the VHI, okay? 
Yeah. I went in there, the one in Soros there, you know, and I was, look, this thing, I had a bandage around my arm, holding my arm together, and uh, can you help me out? Oh, sorry, you're not a, a VHOE. Customer. You don't belong to the VHOE customer, I'll pay you. Can you not can you not just pay? I didn't know I can you, you, okay if you're not a VHI customer you can't you can't just pay. Pat I've run out of time, Pat, I do apologize. I'm looking at some of the text coming in about the hospitals today. Somebody says, Hi not half the problem in our hospitals are people jumping the queue and roaring and shouting till they're seen first. Well, I cannot I'm not I don't by the way, I don't condone people roaring and shouting to, to get seen. But I can understand the frustration and the anger. And I think the hospitals, in some sense, have nobody to blame but themselves when people are getting frustrated because they're there for 10 or 11 hours. The person says, I was uh, 11 hours in Tala Hospital to get my 17-year-old son x-rayed. He kept being put on the end of the queue, on the end of the list, and was told he would be only six hours. Oh, jeepers Christ. Just for a bloody x-ray. X-ray takes 10 or 15 minutes. How does it take that long? I mean, surely, you know, oh, okay, forget it. Uh, no, it's not fair to compare. Yeah, I, we have that already. Another person says, um, too many chiefs, not enough Indians. No, some doctors are so uh, opinionated and uncaring, they can leave you very vulnerable. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. And I only spoke to somebody recently who was in the hospital, I went up to a hospital, and told me that they didn't understand what the doctor was telling them. Now, I'm not having a pop saying because the doctor was foreign. It didn't help matters that she couldn't understand what he was t- saying. And she believed he didn't have the same empathy or wasn't listening. Uh, and I think it's really important that a doctor listens to what a patient has to say because that could be life or death. Because the patient is telling you how they feel. And, you know, and generally the patients have a very good idea of what might be wrong with them themselves. And they're not always right, of course, but they have a good idea. And again, I mentioned to you when I went to hospital on Saturday, that was the one thing I really noticed. She listened. She really cared that I felt there was something more than just a muscular issue. Uh, that I felt it was something internal. Whether I was right or wrong, she took my consideration into her consideration and made sure that all the tests were done and made sure that I left the hospital feeling not as anxious as I was walking in the door. Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits.